Edinburgh International Culture Summit Podcasts. 2012 Highlights. Jasleen Jamija, Philosopher of Living Cultural Traditions. Madam President, Your Excellencies, friends and colleagues, I feel privileged to have this opportunity to represent, I think, the largest number of creative persons in the world who are closely linked with their cultural traditions, with the skill of the hands, the perception of the mind, and a vision of honed aesthetics creates objects of beauty that are an integral part of our life, which we use every day in all parts of the world. In the developing world, a large section of the population depends on agriculture, and their rhythm of life is governed by the cyclic movement of the seasons. They are the deeply rooted in tradition, and they function as a cohesive community. And that's the word which we must not forget, a cohesive community. The local manufacturers of cottage industries, handmade products, hand-woven projects are closely linked with agriculture and in many cases they process the agricultural produce as well as have skills which create objects of daily use for the household and for the local markets. This is a sector which provides subsidiary income and a means for access to income at the at difficult times of drought and of crop failure. The products created by them are also creative expressions of the community to celebrate the rites of passage, as well as the festivals that mark the solar rhythm which govern our lives. It is estimated that this sector employs approximately one billion people in the world today. India alone approximately has 40 million who are skilled and contribute to this sector. According to the International Labour Organization, the world faces a global challenge today of unemployment. Of the total population of the world, three million are employed while two and a half million are unemployed. It's a problem that all nations are facing today. It is estimated that with large numbers entering the employment market, there is an urgent need to create 600 million jobs. In the global economic crisis, it's the industrial sector which has been the hardest hit and one asks the question, how will we face this challenge? How will we meet these requirements? The planners fail to see that in traditional societies, especially in South Asia and Southeast Asia, the largest number of persons employed in manufacturing are in the non-formal cottage industry sector. This sector has a rich repertoire of skills, of creative expressions, which have a ready market locally, as well as 
all over the world. Both of these markets are growing. It is this sector that answers the need of the R, meets the challenges of today. The, it uses local resources, does not pollute the environment, is eco-friendly, and it makes limited demands of the scarce energy resources. It also makes less demand on the supportive and physical, fiscal structures of the government. Crafts are an expression of our heritage and enrich the community as they express the subtle attitude of the mind, beliefs, refined physical habits, and a sensitivity to our needs. It is this knowledge which is handed down from generation to generation through practice and the absorption of tradition. Every generation faces new challenges, but the valuable experience of the past through its tales, parables, proverbs, epics, songs, their rhythm in their life and their lively imagination give birth to and serve to fertilize the growing minds yielding an immeasurable wealth. I saw a living example of it when I joined the celebration of 1000th anniversary of the greatest epic, Manas in Kyrgyzstan. It was an amazing experience. It was a township created of yurtas, exquisitely made as an expression of the of the Kyrgyz people. The all-night recitation of this extraordinary epic Manas by the young and the old singers absorbed the audience. It was an extraordinary case of a people and their way of life which they shared with ease and transported us to, a, to another world. I had a similar experience in my own country, in the southern part, in Kerala, where all-night celebrations of the ancient ritual Tiyam, which predates Hinduism, created through elaborate masks made by the people for the occasion, costumes and performances, created and carried us into an atmosphere which was belonging to another world altogether. It, transcend, it transcended now and today into yesterday and tomorrow. It is this which we call living cultural heritage. For they fulfill our needs which are born out of our geoclimatic situation our socio-cultural conditions and the economic needs of the time. It is this living culture that enriches our knowledge base and adds multiple dimensions to the rather stereotypical education given to us irrespective of our needs, our environment, our social structure or our, our recognition of the concept of individuality. Let me pause for a moment and give you an example of the strength of these skills nurtured by the creativity 
and the resilience of a people as expressed by the war carpets of Afghanistan. Afghanistan has been, had been devastated by the Soviet Union's invasion, followed by the Allied forces. It is a nation that has faced the impact of the global war, of economic suppression, of many forms of persecution and a complete political meltdown. In the middle of all this, the craftsperson has found expression and given birth to a new creative form, the war carpet, which has taken the instruments of war and created a work of art. Look at this sophisticated carpet, which when you look at it, first impression that I got, uh, that it was the old elephant's foot design, which is very popular in the area. But later I discovered, no, it's a juxtaposition of military tanks. And the yellow flower, which is blooming, is a burst of the shell. The prayer carpet, composed of myriads of planes covering the surface as carpet bombers, as you can see in the detail. These poignant acts of creativity, as you can see, the uh, war plane inspired by the predatory uh, eagle pattern, as you see over here. Uh, these are an expression of their creativity, transforming their experience, and yet the hope for life has not died. It's there, as you can see, in the tree of life which blossoms in between the wings of destruction and the flying eagles which get their natural form in the pattern that you see over here. In the past, one wonders, was it this creative ability that Plato identified with a capacity for immediate and instinctive discernment? which recognize the quality of recollectedness and detachment, a capacity for stillness of mind and body. The Hindu mind in the ancient Vedic times regarded culture as a balanced view of life where real and false values were not confused. There was in the past no difference between fine arts and the crafts. They were an expression of the rich background. The ideal of the aesthetic began to take shape very early. Sensibility was called for as a basic requisite for aesthetic experience. The person of taste was rated as equally gifted with the same sensibility as the person who created. So appreciation was in a sense on par with creation because it was felt that a person of sensibility participated with almost the same excitement and exhilaration when he or she appreciates as when he or she 
creates with our own hands. Tools were an extension of the hand to reach beyond the range of human limitations. The mastery of handling tools, shaping materials, which brought out the very best quality was their strength. In the mastery of the rhythm of the work lay their strength. Our biorhythms governed our movement, our speech, our daily work, and there was a consonance in the rhythm. Every creative act has a rhythm, be it music, dance, building, painting, or creating objects of everyday life. The resonance of the shuttle sings to our mind, and we weave as we spin the wheel and throw a pot, as we rhythmically beat the hammer on the metal, creating the form and beating its own symphony. I wonder if the growing movement of slow time, which has, is formalized in Norway by Michael Kimmelman in the World Institute of Slow Time, is a response to our search for the rhythm of life which responds to our needs and which works against the arrhythmia of the very fast pace of life today. We in India owe a great debt to Mahatma Gandhi who linked the regeneration of crafts to the national freedom movement. According to him, freedom was not to be seen as a means of political power, but to work towards evolving an equitable society and appropriate social patterns which would lead to building an integrated nation. He was aware of the need for the decolonization of the mind to understand and appreciate the strength of one's own culture, a subject that is being discussed at many flat platforms all over the world. In upholding craftsmanship of the hand, one does not by implication reject machines or make an impassioned plea for return to only hand products. There is in fact a basic relationship between small tools and large machines. The countries which have emerged as leaders in industrial design, such as Scandinavia, Japan and Italy, have great traditions and designs which they have nurtured. Their designers and design schools are aware that closeness to nature, the actual feel of the materials, the mastery of handling of the tools and techniques are an essential in creating the initial perfect design. The great Finnish architect Alto not only created memorable architecture, but also exquisite objects of everyday use. Even in the fast-growing society, espousing industrialization, crafts are far from being smothered. They are once again coming into world focus, for within us pulsates an innate yearning to use our hands, to feel the surface of handmade objects, Craftsmanship embodies certain qualities and a depth of experience which rises out of our direct experience of creation. 
the problem posed before us is not man versus machine, but rather a, a cohesion between the two, a regulating of each in its own appropriate field. Today, we are reaping the benefits of the advance of technology, which has given us easy access to the world. We are able to communicate with ease and share our ideas. It has brought us closer together. This has created a greater awareness of different cultures, different ways of life, and a curiosity and a desire for sharing. This has resulted in greater respect for each other in the way of life of other cultures and traditions, and therefore, their expressions through the creative work of the hand. The creative activity of different traditions opens new avenues, and it has given the local craftsperson the ability to reach out to the world. Aminata Traore, my beloved friend from Mali, and her talented colleagues participate in a dialogue with jewelry makers from all over the globe on Skype. Jamil, from a family of block printers of Ajrak made from vegetable dyes in the isolated desert of Kutch, a tradition which goes back to over a thousand years waits for the electric current which comes only for three hours in the desert village during the day to open his computer and get onto the email to communicate with his friend who lives on the outskirts of London and who has learned these traditions from him. Let me tell you that there is a network of the World Crafts Council which links organizations from all over the world. They will be meeting in Chennai, Tamil Nadu, in October this year, and it bring together practitioners of crafts, writers, organizers, philosophers from the world, and they will reiterate that this is a vibrant sector, which employs over a billion people in the world. And it is possible that this is uh, this possibility of providing income to people in dispersed areas and regions which have very little access to resources which we take so much for granted in our lives. And this is continuing, which needs to be nurtured. Today, a galaxy of representatives of different countries, cultural representatives, artists, thinkers, are gathered together to address the role of culture in facing global challenges. And I would like to reach out to all of you to recognize the importance of this sector, which not only addresses our economic problems, but which provides a new format for our educational system to tap available skills and to hone them and develop them, evolve them with the new tools which has been created. These skills are cohesive of a community, an expression of their identity, their ethos, and our distinctive creative expression. Thank you and Namaskar.
For more information about the 2014 Edinburgh International Culture Summit, visit www.culturesummit.com.